Hey guys, welcome to podcast number five of You Said I Do. Jamie, you didn't even join me in that. What's up? Because well, I didn't think we were going to do it right hey, now. Hey man, I, I I'm locked, cocked, and ready okay. to go. I don't right. know about you, but you better get on the same boat here with me. Uh, so guys, we are... I'm jumping on, I'm paddling. <laughs> you better catch up, girl. So I, I got to fill the, the audience in today. So this is kind of a uh, off-the-cuff, um, out-of-left-field podcast of the theme that we've typically been following is Jamie and I are still uh, full on board, 100 mile an hour, pursuing uh, marriage coaching um, and our endeavors in that and just what God's already doing and uh, the feedback we're getting on not just these podcasts, but some event things that we've got planned. Um, but this one really hit home for us. And uh, so I just, I had to know more out of my own personal curiosity. So to let you guys know, there is no script here today. So this is going to be a fun ride. It's, gonna, it's a roller coaster. But uh, I've got some friends here today, Jamie and I, right? We, that Both of us are doing this. Are you going to say something? <laughs> She's giving you guys the blank look. I wish you could see us on camera. So we've got I some friends of ours <laughs> with us today, uh, Quentin and Britt. Carter and uh, we've we've met these this young couple um, when we moved down here to Tennessee just a couple years ago and we're getting to know them more and more. Uh, Quentin and I go to a men's Bible study together on Wednesday nights, and uh, of course the ladies they kind of Monday night. Monday night. What did I say? Wednesday? Yes. Well, church stuff is always on Wednesday night, right? <laughs> it's just, uh, that's how I grew up, and so yeah. You're, thank you for the correction. Gotcha, man. So I'm going to introduce this couple uh, just to give you a little bit of their background. That's what I mean by introduce. You just did. I know. I'm going to give them a little detail. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm going to fill in, gotcha. the, fill in the gap. So um, Quentin shared a testimony of healing uh, a few months ago at, at our men's Bible study. Is that right, Quentin? That's correct. Okay. So we're going to dig into the details of that a little bit, but we got to hear some of their own personal testimony as well. Um, they, you know, our Wednesday night Bible studies at the church we attend. Monday what, nights. On, on Wednesday nights from Monday night. Yeah. We were there once. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We were there once on a Wednesday night. And I, I was blown back in my seat because I really didn't know uh, Britt very much at all and still really don't. Um, but I was like, it, it encouraged me so much to hear where you guys came from, but to look at you now and to know where you're at and what you're doing in life, the religious would be, <gasps> you know, they, they'd kind of take that breath of deep air, like, I'm not really sure they, they should be in those positions and do it. You know, you hear what I'm saying. Are they now. really they, saved? They right. still do. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I, I'm sure they do. And I love to poke the bear and have oh, fun with yeah. that stuff. So oh, yeah. I hope that we can capture some of that today, guys. That's that's uh, my heart's, heart's goal in that. So... Quinn, let's dig into the the healing okay. thing real quick. And okay. if you want to just preface that with like, okay, you 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 used to be an atheist, is that right? Absolutely. So maybe just give us a snip a snippet of that. Okay. And then fast forward us to actually who okay. you are, what you're doing as far as your role in the ministry now, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, yeah. where this all how this took place. So um, basically. You know, I, I grew up, my mother took me to church when I was very small, but, but that ended, uh, I think some friends left the church, and so she really felt isolated in the church, so she stopped going, and okay. therefore I stopped going, probably five, six, or something like that. And uh, I don't know, you just, um, even in this area, which is crazy, because you have a church on every corner, but you grow up, right. and and you get your friend circle, and if God isn't there, normally he never will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just kind of my life. He was never, um, I had some 
solid friends here and there that that believed, but but it just it's never a central I, figure of your was, life. It was and, never, and, okay. and in some moments, I wanted to believe uh, when I was little. I was exposed to pornography probably when I was before. It's always in my memory. So oh yeah, if that makes Definitely. sense. Before I can even all the memories I have, pornography has always been there. So mm-hmm. there was a time when I was like, God. If if you just take this from me, I'll live for you. Yeah. Um, but it never happened. Sure. And it just, I don't know. I thought, well, that's not, it, it just, and I was, I would go to church. I had some family members in church and stuff. So I'd go and I just never, I never had a, a, an experience or a connection with God in those settings for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously I get into my teenage years and, and definitely, uh, I was, I was definitely the antagonist, right? The sure. antichrist of sure. the situation because I was totally against Christ. Um, and school kind of supports that too in many ways growing up. I mean, it's just you, you learn science and you learn that, that, that God's not in the science right. books anymore. Right. And so, you know, uh, it, it's difficult to, um, especially young minds, right? Uh, it's very easy to mold and difficult mm-hmm. to unmold young minds. Mm-hmm. And so just growing up with the, that lack of, of um, uh, good examples as well, it's just like, it was just so wild. My whole, and I, I tell this all the time, my entire life up until I got saved, not one testimony of how God changed somebody's life. You know, it's interesting. What you just said there uh, just sparked something within me because I would absolutely say ditto to that mm-hmm. in my own life. And I grew up in the church. You know, yeah, I, and that's the, that's the thing. Crazy. And we're in the Bible Belt even here. Definitely. And so you get Jesus, you know, died, buried, rose again. Mm-hmm. And you get it on repeat, right? Sure. Um, but I didn't know that God would and could change you. I never right. heard that he was actually interested in, in making you brand new. Yeah. And so um, I end up... Uh, just I got involved in drugs and alcohol and and pride and, and sexual immorality and still struggling with all the pornography and I just come mm-hmm. to a place uh, uh, I was coming out of jail and and I just I said God I said these two brothers said if you're real I need you to change me show me who you are mm-hmm. and change me yes uh, and over a period of like a month he did exactly that he answered that prayer. Uh, and man, I just, when I met Jesus, it just changed my life. You um, had an encounter, of, of I, intimate I've, encounter that you'll never forget. The moment, I, it's just like the Bible says, the moment you believe in your heart, because I'd even confessed, I said the sinner's prayer, I tried mm-hmm. to confess it, but it still wasn't, still didn't know about Jesus. Sure. Was Jesus the Son of God? Was he, was he a reality? Um, but I ended up listening to a guy's testimony and I just, I believed it. I mm-hmm. said, that is, is, it has to be real. And the moment I did that, I just, I just broke down in tears. Isn't that powerful that Revelation 12 and 11 tells us that yes. they overcame him, speaking of the enemy, Satan, uh, you know, by, by two things, the blood of the lamb and, and the you mix that with the, the power of a mm-hmm. testimony mm-hmm. is, uh, and that's what's tangible. And I think it reminds me of Thomas, right? Cause Thomas... 
he could see the evidence. Oh, you yeah. Know, stick your hands yeah. on the side. Oh, Dowdy Thomas, and, as we all. I think maybe that's where you, where you really were. Yeah, you, you, I just needed, Not that it was like, I'm totally averse yeah, yeah. to, I, I think that there might be based off my. And it evolved, right? Sure, at, sure. At first I was. I was just against everything. I yeah. thought it was just foolish. That's a rebellious spirit. And it's like, you know, you're in that mode of chapter of life mm-hmm. where you're experimenting and exploring. And like you said, you didn't have a mentors really that were and what shocked me is as i read the bible i realized why right the word says it says um the cross of christ is foolishness to those that are perishing yes Mm -hmm. so good but but to those that are being saved it's the power of god Mm -hmm. and that's that was me that was it i was just like this is foolish Uh it's always been foolish when you go back to uh, the Noah, really? Oh, a yeah. big boat? Like, the just these foolish stories. Certainly. And I thought, <laughs> so that good. Noah or uh, Jonah and the whale? Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's just like so full. Oh, Abraham and his covenant? Mm-hmm. Oh, it t- let's let's go, guys. Let's right. make this cup. Yep. Like, really? This is, this is what, what we're going to do? Like, to nuts. me, it's yeah. just so nuts. And, oh, yeah. and, but that's how God designed it. Um, and, and 1 Corinthians really says that. Why? It's to to bring down all those that are high. Right? Yes, he chooses strongholds. He chooses yes. the foolish things mm-hmm. to confound the wise. So amazing. And that was me, man. And I listened to that testimony uh, of that man, and I just said, I believe this. And God came into my life Praise that God. moment, man. And it, I just broke down, and I knew I was kicking against the pricks, as Jesus told Paul. You yeah. Know, Why are you kicking against the pricks, Paul? Mm. You know, Lord, who are you? Right. I'm, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And yes. that was just my story, man. And man, that's good. I tell you. Uh, and so from that point, I think I think we should just segue into Britt's story. Yeah. That, okay. I think that would flow better is to yeah. get. And then her. we can. Jamie, bring... I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> This is what I am for. Yeah, yeah she's flow, my voice of reason. To go yes. into her story and then bring the two together. They, yeah, they so come you were, together. It, yes. how old were you at this point? So uh, I think I was 20. 20, yeah. Awesome. When I met, when I met Jesus. Okay. And so now we're and how old are you today? I'm 31, okay. I believe. Is that right? He's got he's got check with his wife here, <laughs> I right? think so. like we all do. He was born in '92. So. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I'm, a, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not, <laughs> not even gonna try. But uh, I think he was actually 19, 19? and then you okay. turned 20. You got the dates better. Yeah. Right. Did you guys know each other at that point? Uh, not really. We'll, we'll get in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not really. We didn't really know each other, but. Um, well, you ladies want to kind of take the mic over then? Well, she's leader? yeah. Well, I'm just. I'll shut up and let you. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So. Yeah, it's now it's your turn. Now I want to hear your. We want to hear your story. Where yeah. you came from, and mm-hmm. well, um, this was this is always the struggle for me uh, to tell a testimony because I have like this huge, crazy childhood, and then just to tie it into where Jesus brought me. Um, mm-hmm. The best way for me to sum that up is there was a time in my life where it was just dark and mm-hmm. there was no joy, no happiness. So if you look at the opposite of that darkness and who Jesus is and what he represents as far as his light, his peace, his comfort, um, everything that we find in the fruits of the spirit, um, the kindness, the understanding, um, 21 years of my life, I lived without any of that. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of confusion, fear, doubt, every, everything. You made me cry. Like, that, you know? like I'm a dude, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't like crying. All feeling. Yeah. My yeah box well, you, you just, you just, but it just breaks my heart for you. It, 
to because I can't empathize with that. Does it make sense? Like I didn't. I grew up in the church, so it's like yeah, I had great parents, all that stuff. And it's just like anyway. Let me cut you off. But like well, you're no, no, make you're misty fine. You're here. fine. <laughs> no, I just I just think of you know I always go. I love Galatians, you know, yeah. and it there are there's a life that's contrary to the spirit, and mm-hmm. that's the best way to describe where I was at. I was living a life contrary to where the spirit is. Sure. So, um, I'm not saying that I didn't have a family, you know, or anything like that to be there for me or to love me. I just have a crazy roller coaster ride of life sure. where there was a lot of void. And so I found myself, when I came to the end of myself, this is where I was. Um, I was lost. I was a single mom of two boys. I was working two jobs. Um, And I just, I I had a lot of depression, a lot of anger, unforgiveness in my heart at that time in my life. Um, I just really came to this place of, do I really want to live? Is this where I want? to continue going in my life. And I knew that I didn't want to live anymore. And I was trying to make that decision within myself Mm -hmm. um, to take my own life. And so that's the reality, the raw reality of where I was. And so I knew that I had this burden on my life and I felt like a burden to everyone else. And so I sat there and thought, you know, of the graphic ways that I would do it. How could I do it so quick and you know, that I would remove myself from this life. And there was just this curiosity that just kept, I guess, the warfare. You mm-hmm. know, there was that dark thought of take your life, and then there was this, this curious thought that just kept coming. And it was just a tug of war for me. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So you felt the spiritual war that it talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. Is that right, Quinn? Uh, You're the pastor. Like, you know the Bible better yeah, than I do. That's where but you that's, get to talk yeah, about I mean, the armor just, of God, the principality. Ooh, yeah. You know, there was a principality in my life, and it was demonic. Um, you know, the, the spirit of suicide and depression and mm-hmm. anxiety and, and fear, it was there. Yeah. And um, so I remember one night in my living room, um, and this kind of happened within like a two week span. One night in my living room, I contemplated it, and probably a week later, um, I was living in an apartment complex right down the road from the very first church I attended, which was the Grove. That's yeah, that's what um, really. And so, Golly. I'll get to that. I'll try to be sure. quick with this. Yeah. I'm no, so sorry. We, we can make yeah. this into two segments if we have Absolutely. to. Yeah. Yeah. I want so, everything. <laughs> so. You know, I was just, I was in this apartment complex. I was alone that night in my apartment. Um, the boys were not with you. No, they were not with me. And that was really the, the that scary moment because I was like, this is the time that mm-hmm. I need. This is it. Yeah. You know? And so I was also trying to um, quit doing drugs in my own strength. So I was addicted to opiates and um, you weren't smoking crack, as I said earlier. No, okay. no, no. I was. Smoking. I just had to lighten the mood a little bit, get a little heavy for yeah. me. I was smoking pot. <laughs> I'm like totally ignorant of all that stuff. I don't know. Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I've never been around that stuff very much. Like, I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't know the difference if I saw one thing or the other. So you'd all probably laugh at me, but whatever. No, it's okay. So you know, I had I had come to this realization, like I was trying to do things in my own strength. I, sure. I had that desire to be a good mom and. Um, a good Samaritan and, you know, just, I wanted to morally be good, mm-hmm. but again, Romans clears that up for us. I know that I should do this, but I cannot do it, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. I had that, that Paul struggle, Certainly. you know, and I, I relate to Romans so much because that warfare 
was real for me. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that I could do better, but I don't, I don't, couldn't understand why I couldn't do better. And so I remember I was kind of withdrawing a little bit, which kind of makes you crazy when you're dealing with all that, you know, um, depression and anxiety and drug withdrawal. It kind of makes you crazy. Oh, yes. And so um, moving on from that, I obviously did not do anything to myself that night. Praise and um, it was probably about a week later. I went outside. It was in the evening time. Uh, probably around three-ish because I was about to go to work and I, I worked second shift at an assisted living center. And um, I had went outside to um, smoke a cigarette. And when I looked around, there was this woman coming from my right side and she was running very quickly. And I was like looking behind me, looking beside me. I was like, is she coming over here to me? Because I'm the only person outside. And she had a phone in her hand, but it wasn't to her ear. It was just off. You know, she was holding it off in the mm-hmm. distance. And she just looks at me right in the eyes and she says i think my sister shot herself and i just kind of like it took me back and i was like what did she just say and so i opened my apartment door and i hollered at my my friend that was staying with me and i said hey could you come out here for a minute and so she comes out um and we're kind of like in this whirlwind here um trying to figure out what happened and there is the emts on the phone at the moment and so my friend takes the phone and she immediately starts figuring out what's going on and she directs me to run towards the apartment across the the yard and so i get over there and sure enough i walk in and that is exactly what i had saw a woman had you know i don't know what i'm allowed to say say whatever you want okay she 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 had she shot herself you know and i saw that when you think someone shooting themselves you Mm -hmm. saw it all i saw it all and that is a an image in my mind that will forever be imprinted yes it's there and so in that moment i was not saved and i i had no like i I couldn't even tell somebody where you had no framework no i couldn't even tell anybody who jesus was or i didn't know what to do in that moment Mm -hmm. and um you know my friend that lived with me um she was kind of one of the reasons i was so curious to begin with about god because you know where quentin he struggled with that atheism and then it kind of shifted into more of like an agnostic Mm -hmm. paradigm where you just really start trying to figure out okay maybe there is something out there Mm -hmm. well my friend really helped me um kind of have that curiosity because her family was raised in church and i remember sitting at their house one day and they had mentioned holy ghost and I'd never heard that before. I'm like, the holy who? Right. <laughs> the, what what? Are you, the only ghost I know, they're scary. Yeah. Okay. They're not holy. <laughs> so I was I was like, what are they talking about? You know, and and so I had they had mentioned a few of those things before when I had been around them. And so I remember turning to my friend and saying, What do I do? And she said, You need to pray for God to have mercy mm-hmm. in this moment. And I was just kind of stopped and I was like, What? You know, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Yeah, I had no idea what I was what I was asking. I knew my heart was racing. I knew what I felt. Um, so I, I left the room. I could no longer be in the room mm-hmm. with the lady. I, it just it was making me honestly. It was making me sick. Physically sick. Yeah, and I, I did feel like I was going to pass out. Um, and so I had went into the living room and I sat down with a sister and I just looked at her. I said, "Are you a Christian?" And she said, "Yeah." I said, so you believe in God? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, well, I know Christians believe in God. They can pray, and he hears them. I said that. Where'd that come from? I don't know, but yeah. I said that to her. And so uh, 
I remember saying, okay, you need to pray for God to have mercy in this situation. And I left that that traumatic scene, you know, to spare you the rest of what happened. Um, I left that traumatic scene and I was flipped upside down. Mm. I said to myself, that is not what I want to do. When I saw how distraught that sister was, there was that, that moral um, character came out in me. And I'm like, I could never do that to somebody. Sure. I don't want to do that to my family. I don't want to do that to my kids, you know. And so I knew, okay, my wheels are turning. Something's got to change. Mm-hmm. I need something. And so then I had this. Um, it's can I, yes, Yeah, go for hold, it. Pause real quick there on it. So move forward to that. that. That strikes me. It's very interesting because you earlier you said I when I came to the end of myself and now I'm sensing there's there's an absolute shift in turn mm-hmm. um, in, in, a, in a trajectory now because things are picking up is what you just said. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're now they're the wheels are turning. So yes. Go ahead, go ahead. So this is um, the next portion of my life. It got interesting because it was like that had happened. And then all of it was like, I want to say that it was the way God sovereignly ordained it to happen. Sure. Um, And how he lined it up in my life. Because on my end, I still hadn't encountered him yet. But things just started to happen so quickly for me that, when you hear this, when you hear my testimony, you see that it was God. It was God all along, mm-hmm. um, putting me in these these places. And so, I remember being at work, and um, there was a little old lady that I t- I took care of, and she just she just saw the brokenness all over me, um, and she she's very precious. Her name is Sue. I will I'll tell you her name. She's mm-hmm. great. Um, she's no longer with us, but she was an amazing woman. Um, and she just asked me. She said are you okay? And I just lost it. And I was like, no, I'm not okay. My whole life is, you know, a mess. It's chaotic. And she said, she tried to minister to me and she asked me if I read the Bible. And I said, no, I don't understand it. She said, well, come back on your break and I'll read it to you. Mm -hmm. So here I found myself, you know, 20 years old, sitting in an elderly woman's apartment and she's reading the book of Matthew. And that's all like the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And so I'm just like, <laughs> you're bored to death. Like, what do I need to know all this for? What's... Just like, okay. But I would just sit there and weep because I couldn't believe, you know, she would, she would do something like that for me. Sure. And for whatever reason that kept pulling that curiosity. Okay. Mm. Now God's been mentioned. Okay. Yeah. You got pray God to have mercy on a terrible, tragic situation, and then you've got this sweet little elderly lady saying, "Let let me read the Bible to you," mm-hmm. you know. And and then it was like a couple of days later, more things had happened in my life, and I just stopped dead in my tracks. I was on this little wooded path um, on a golf cart. I know that sounds strange, but <laughs> my job consisted of me delivering meals to the elderly and taking them things and helping them change their trash and that was that was my job title I I just was their helper and so I had stopped on that little wooded path and I just threw my hands up and looked at the sky and I said God if you're real like everybody has told me that you are I need you to come and change me because I can't do this anymore and I admitted that I had hated where I I found myself in my life and that I wanted to be good but I didn't know how but I need I need help Mm -hmm. and so it was that moment that I had faith to believe it was that split moment that I guess you could say I repented. I repented and I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. 
And then slowly but surely, it was a process of sanctification. Things just started to be removed from my life. Um, and I started to feel what the world says is happiness. I still didn't understand it was eternal joy. Right. I didn't know what that was. So good. And so there was just this... I mean, it was like day by day, something different would, would happen. My perspective was changing. Um, I was looking at the the more um, positive outlook on things. And, you know, I stopped cussing without even trying. I had no desire to smoke weed anymore. And then I wasn't smoking. And then it's like I did not want to take pills anymore. And it was just like no rehab, just a prayer. Mm-hmm. And God started to sanctify my life. Isn't that good? It is I mean, good. That, that is miraculous that truly is miraculous and that's the power of like when you know christians like we all get this now as well well, the word is living well to the non-believer like what's that supposed to be Mm -hmm. no you just captured that you you just literally were able to put a tangible explanation of what the living word can can mean to an unbeliever if they're willing to and and i I wrote this down earlier because you said when i came to the end of myself through your own efforts, because I, I can relate is that through my own efforts, I had stuff in my life I didn't want in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, through my own efforts, I could, you know, self-control, self-discipline, go read another whatever type of book for dummies, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but yet inside, you're still tormented. You're still afflicted. You feel like you have no control over these things. You mm-hmm. And, well, no, you don't if you're not in Christ. Yeah. No. You know? So I just, I'm just, I'm sat back in my chair uh, just... That's awesome. You, go up. Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Well, so the interesting, I love telling the beginning of my testimony because it kind of does leave someone scratching their head because I encountered God, but I still did not know who Jesus was. Sure. So I started to, I had a friend who actually attends the Grove now. Her name is Jeanette. Uh, she's a dear friend of mine. I grew up with her. Um, and she. I remember her calling me during this season of my life of this prayer that I had prayed and all of that. And she said, Hey, what do you want for Christmas this year? Because a lot, if you know me and Jeanette, you know, we just get each other the silliest stuff for Christmas. Usually it's socks, okay, blue Powerade and cool ranch Doritos. Okay. <laughs> Our desires might have ch- shifted from then, but you know, we would do that every year. And I said, I want a Bible. She said, I knew she was pregnant with Lucy, her daughter. She said, I knew you were going to say that. She said, what kind of Bible do you want? I said, I don't know. One guy can read maybe um, pink and silver lined pages of course. and my name on it, you know? <laughs> and she's like, I can do that. I can get you. I can get you a Bible. So she gets me this Bible and, you know, I start reading it, but I read it from the front. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I needed to read it from the New Testament to understand it. So I... I started reading it from the front. So I learned about this God that created the heavens and the earth. I hear about Adam and Eve. And then, you know, we go through all the other stories and then we get to Leviticus. And I'm thinking, you know, all those laws, there's no (laughs) way. way. And I remember thinking in my head, I was, you know, I was still in a relationship and he was still staying with me. And I remember going up to the bedroom and saying, I'm not sleeping in this bed anymore because I will be unclean and set outside the, set, the city for seven days. Right. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, what? You're crazy. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to sleep on the couch from here on out. Well, during that, I had um, that season of me st- reading the Bible. And we're like into the summer now. Um, I guess I didn't give a time frame. But when I cried out to God, it was December. Okay. of uh, 2011 
or 2010. And then I'm now in the summer of 2011. And Jeanette is now inviting me to attend the Grove on Wednesday nights. Okay. And so I start going to the Grove on Wednesday nights. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is, you know, this is interesting. I'm overwhelmed. I don't really know. It's like many drinking people. from a fire hose. You yeah, I don't really know a lot so of people. Exactly. And so um, I remember recognizing Pastor Eddie. And I, it just kind of, I was like, where do I know this man from? Where do I know this man from? Well, when Ian was born, he was born with a heart defect and he had to have surgery. And at the time, my parents were going to the Grove, okay? Um, this was when it was called the Walnut Grove Gospel Church. And so. Ian's your firstborn. Yes. So Ian's 15 years old. So um, he had to have heart surgery. Well, he was very sick and he was in the the pediatric intensive care unit for, I think, like two weeks. And Pastor Eddie was coming up there praying for him. And, like, when I recognized him, I said, oh, my gosh, that's the man. That's the guy. That's the guy that came and prayed for my kid. And so then it just became, like, this whole, like, uh, I, I don't remember exactly. I don't know how to put it into words, but it just, like, he cared. What? You know? And so I went up. I said, I don't think you remember me. And I gave him a picture. I always kept a picture of my kids in my Bible. Mm -hmm. And I took that picture out and I handed it to him. I said, this little boy, you came and prayed for him, you know? And he was like, wait, who are you? And I told him what my uh, mom and dad's name was. He goes, oh, my goodness. I said, I was 16 years old when that happened. And he, it was just like this full circle. So I felt safe to be there, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Like I felt like I was in the right place. And so still didn't know who Jesus was, but I'm in this Bible study now and I'm hearing these messages and I'm just like, wow. And I'm hearing the name of Jesus and I'm like learning about who he is and who his character is, but I still hadn't had that, that heart gripping revelation. Like couldn't understand why this man would die for me. Why would he do this? You know, I don't, that part I couldn't understand. I couldn't connect to. And so, um, that same lady from the retirement home that would read the Bible to me, her daughter was a missionary and she had given me a book that same Christmas that Jeanette had got me a Bible. And, um, the book was because he loves me and it's by Elise Fitzpatrick. And in the very beginning of the book, it gives the chronological order of Jesus's life in scriptures. And so I, right before you read these scriptures, it tells you to ask the Holy spirit to bring it alive to you. Mm -hmm. And so I did just that. And I remember I went home on a Wednesday night from Bible study. I I laid on the couch to read this book and I prayed, Holy Spirit, make this, make this come alive to me. I want to know, like, I want to know who Jesus is. And when I laid there reading that, I just, I kept having these visions of the story. Like it was real life in front of me and it got to where he was carrying his cross and I could hear everyone screaming at him and I could hear the Romans just being really rough. I could see it visually. And um, when they threw him down on the cross and I, I started to hear the hammer hit the nails in a vision, I saw Jesus turn and look at me mm-hmm. and he just started weeping. Like he had just a tear rolled down his eye and I started to weep. And it was right then and there. As I'm reading the word, having a simultaneous vision at the exact same time, I knew that my Savior died for me and it was because of my unrighteousness. And it's just that, and it was like, I felt bad. 
And I couldn't understand why they would do this to an innocent man. And so as I continued to read, the story got better for me. I realized what he did and when he went to the grave and he got back up, he did that for me as well. And so as that encounter happened, it was like everything that I still needed in my life, it was filled. I needed to know that I was loved. Boom. I knew it. I needed peace in my heart. Boom. It was there. And it was like all those questions that needed answers through that encounter. It was like the whole mystery was revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, the mystery, just like the gospel tells you, yeah. you know, just like the word tells you it will happen. That's exactly how I encountered Christ right there in my living room. And from then on out, I was a pistol for Pete. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, it's I, I was just Floored ecstatic. With it. And yeah. I still had never visited church on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'd only felt good enough to go on Wednesday. I was like, I can't go on a Sunday. Sure. You know, because living in the Bible Belt, you got to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember now I've got this revelation of Jesus. I'm still attending church on Wednesday nights. I'm reading my word. But then there was the next step for me. And I needed to fully surrender my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I had all these things going through my mind. I knew God was real now. I knew Jesus Christ was my Savior and he loved me. And so um, October 9th was the day, 2011. I had come home from work. Uh, third shift and I got the kids up and I got them ready and fed them breakfast and I knew I needed to go to bed because I had to turn around and go back to work at three so it was going to be a long day for me and I was exhausted so it was about nine in the morning and I went to go lay down and it just I had a scuffle with uh, the guy I was dating and um, he kind of got upset with me and said some harsh things and it just broke me and I I remember sitting down on my bed and I just took a deep breath and I wanted to cry and I started to cry and I started to feel those familiar feelings of heartbreak and I hear a voice say get up get dressed and go to the church at the end of your road get up get dressed and go to the church at the end of your road and I'm like okay and so I was scared to death so you were obedient Mm -hmm. to that still small voice yes I was scared to death because I'd never been to church on a Sunday, like in this mindset, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was still at tug of war with, I'm not good enough kind of thing. And I get up, I get dressed, and I get in my car. I leave. I leave the kids with um, their dad, which was who I was dating. But I left the kids with their dad, and I went to church. I get to the parking lot, and there's this guy there, and he meets me in the parking lot. And I'll tell you his name because he knows this part of my story his name was Scott Miller, and um, he was like, can I help you? And I'm just, I'm crying. And I mean, I You're trembled. A hot mess. I was a hot mess. I trembled all the way there because it was an undeniable drawing mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit within me to be there. And so um, I remember I encountered his aunt. She saw me in the the um, Sunday school room. She's like, "You came finally!" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here." And she was my bank teller for a really long time, so she used to invite me. And you're talking about my aunt. Yeah, yeah, Christy, um, Christy Carter, and it was so funny because she she would be so excited to see me at the bank, and I would just be like, "Oh gosh." Not, I can't deal with this woman. She's too happy for me. You know, of course, because sure, I'm sure. you know, wallowing in self-pity over here. I can't be around the happy people. And so um, when she saw me, I was like, oh, my gosh, 
you come to this church on Sunday mornings. That's great. Right. You know? <laughs> so she was familiar to me and <clears throat> I knew that I could, I could go in there and sit down beside her and I wouldn't feel uncomfortable. And so still just weeping the whole time. God was just dealing with me this, this entire time. And I remember going into the sanctuary and it was almost like I couldn't walk because it, the power of God was so real to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, this is about to wreck my life. This, this moment right here is going to wreck my life. And so I go up to the front and I sit with her because she invited me to, because I was just trying to stop at the back pew. You know how that goes. Yeah. Sit in the back because, you know, you just have to. You can um, escape. Yeah. Easier you can, if you need you can to. get out if it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> if you stand up in the front, everybody's going to see you. So I went to that fourth pew and sat down with her in the middle. And the praise and worship started. And uh, Jim was singing this song, Voice of a Savior. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard that song. But a lot of uh, the, vo- the lyrics are kind of like, you know, you tried to find it in a bottle. You tried to find it in the needle. You tried to find it in all these other things. Um, but look it up, listen to it. It's a really good song. It's called Voice of a Savior by Mandisa. Oh, and, yes, um, yes. Now, you know what Mandi- song it is? Once you said Mandisa, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay, that. so he's singing this song. And I'm like, and when it gets to the very end, and it says, but I have found it in Jesus. How about you? Like, have you? And I'm just like, all right, this is it. So I just went to the front. Nobody came and prayed for me. I got laminated in the presence of God, and I just stayed there. And when I got up, I have never been the same. Hmm. And I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it, but I felt 10 feet taller when I stood up. Mm -hmm. I felt restored. I felt like that's what I needed to do because I didn't know what a sinner's prayer was. Sure. Other than the fact that you hear people in um, like youth groups, because I had attended some of those when I was younger, and you raise your hand, you say this little prayer, and that's it. But this was more than that for me. It was Mm -hmm. more than just repeating after somebody. This was like a just a whole transformation in, in my heart and. I don't. I don't remember what I said to him. I just remember saying, "I'll do whatever it is that you need me to do. I'm ready to surrender my entire life over to you." And I knew from that point on, like I said, when I got up, that I was going to follow God, mm-hmm. whatever that meant, whatever that looked like. I was going to sell my life out to Jesus Christ. And I got into the Word of God, and I did not stop chewing on it. That's good. I could not get enough. And then I met him. <laughs> But I'll just let you know. I love the look on your face. And I wish the audience could see the look on her face. And then I met him. Well, what's so funny about that was because as, you know, going back from that day, I like Aunt Christy, I call her Aunt Christy now because she's my aunt. But Mm -hmm. at the time, she she was like a spiritual mother to me. She took me under her wing. If I had a question about something, she'd show me where to find it. You know, as, you know, Christy and John McPherson did. And I mean, I used to call Pastor Eddie all the time. I'm like, what does this mean? I was like, it's black and white. You know, explain this to me because I'm very analytical. If I read it, then that's what it means. That's what it says. That's what it means. And so, um, anyways, she just took me under her wing and she was like, gosh, you put me in mindset of my nephew, Quentin. And she said, and I've got my Bible sitting right here, and I knew we were going to be sharing our testimony, but I'm going to show you guys in person. So this right here, mm-hmm. when my aunt asked me for to pray for certain people, she said, here are their names, and Clinton was one of them. So mm-hmm. I put this paper in my Bible, and I began to pray over him. Now, I'm, I'm saved. He's not yet. Right. So I, I continued to pray for him. And then she you know, tells me about her nephew that, 
you guys would be perfect together when he gets saved. She said it just like that. You just would be just the best couple. I just know it. You guys are so similar. Um, I can just see y'all together having the best time, right? And I'm like, oh, you're crazy. And I said, I ain't put another man before my Lord. Ain't happened. Been there, done that. It's just, and I was like stone cold. I was not going to get in a relationship. I wanted to follow Jesus. And I knew that that would be a distraction. And um, she said, well, he's not saved yet anyway, but when he gets saved, you know. (laughs) And so we just kept praying for him. And then I met him. And it was so funny. It was like the first day we met, he thought that this girl's too much. I ain't got nothing going on in my life that I need prayer for. And he came and visited is what I'm saying. He came and visited one night. And then um, I didn't see him for a little bit. And he had kept seeking the Lord. And then he came back again. So it had been about a month later. So this was the first time I met him was in January. And the second time I met him, he was way more on fire for God. And we went to McDonald's after J-Fest. And we sat there and we had the best theological conversation. And there was these funny jokes that went back and forth. And um, he said, we were all talking about us and some other friends about who we felt most relatable to in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he said, Paul. And I said, that's so funny because I said the other day, if I could marry anybody in the Bible, I would want to marry somebody like Paul. And he just cocked his head sideways like, what? Is this where we're going with this conversation? Literally. I was like. It's all, I mean. Like you didn't just say that. Yeah. And it was so funny because, and to this day, I'm like the queen of awkward. I will always say something (laughs) extremely just weird. And he'll just look at me and be like, I said, well, that's what got you. To like, yeah, pursue a relationship with me, so it can't be that awkward. But yeah, yeah, I drove away and I was laughing. I was like, "Lord, am I going to marry this girl? That is so weird." And I did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. We just became friends, and we studied the Bible together all the time. And I did not, you know, it was so different for me because, in the world, teaches you when you you get into a relationship, you know, you go after X, Y, Z, the way mm. they look, what they're about, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want any of that. You know, I was, I can honestly say, and I don't, don't take this the wrong way. I was not physically attracted to him. Mm-hmm. I was not, you know, going after anything that he had to offer. Um, I loved the fellowship that we had. Yes. The, there was this intimate divine connection through the fellowship of talking and discussing Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we really built our friendship that way. And he never asked me to be his girlfriend ever. He only asked me to marry him. And I thought that was the, I was like, you can't ask me to be your girlfriend first. He said, no. He was like, I want to marry you. So do you want to get married? And I was like. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> sure. Why not? It was like such a high school thing. Like, you want to be my girlfriend? I was like, I'm yeah. not asking you that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You want to. You, you, at, at this point, you, you had both been through so much. Yeah. Just trauma and, and just stuff in life. Yeah. It's like. We're, we're behind. That's all behind us. Yeah. This is where I'm at. I think you both matured in such a way so fast that it yeah, was like, yeah. we're just going to jump in the 12 foot in and see if we sink or swim, right? Yeah, it was, so. it was really cool. And Pastor Eddie married us. We got married at the Grove. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. That was, and like in that season in between, like I, I went back to my Baptist church that my mom took me to. Okay. Right? Right. So I'm like, but I'm like full of spirit. I don't even know. Sure. That other people are different until I go to church, and that—that that, I think that's the beautiful thing about 
reading the Bible before you get into church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, because it's a whole different. Like I'm reading about Jesus, and it's like, wait, he was doing this. Yeah. Like he hated the same people I hate. It's interesting you say that. <laughs> and, I, and when I say hate, it's like <laughs> sure, sure. You're not you're 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 the not the sons of your father. Your right, father right. is the devil, right? The, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. The religious, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all right. this. So, it's interesting. I grew up in in all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there, there's so much religious pride, quite honestly. Um, because that's just what you did, that's it. you know. And it's like when you getting baptized, when you yeah, all this yeah. kind of stuff, you know. I just finally, uh, it's kind of the same for me, but it wasn't real. It was all just yeah. religion. Yeah. I never really read the word out of a desire for myself yeah. to have an intimate relationship. And so for me, it was like very similar to y'all's experience, but in the physical, it's completely polar opposite. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I just hit complete reset. Basically, yeah. I'm flipping done. I'm throwing the bath water and the baby and all of it out the window. Oh, yeah. So I got to start reading this this for myself. That's it. Yeah. You know? And that's so good to hear just where you guys were in life. Um, I hope that is an encouragement to our listening audience. Um, you know, that you guys are just raw and you're real. And that's, that's what it. the world needs. They need that testimony. And then when they mix that with what the blood of Jesus can do. Like when, he, when the word, the, the Bible says... He'll take your heart out and give you a new heart. Yes. You will become a new creation. Like, I heard all that stuff growing up. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 It didn't make sense. But when it happened, I'm like, oh, good Lord, let me tell you about it, right? That's it. Um, is- I think what's, you know, really interesting, too, is let's just, I know that there is an aspect of religion and there's that aspect of relationship. They're two totally different things. Yes. And what I really, I felt led to say was, you know, just because, you know, we encounter Christ and He transforms our life, it doesn't make the stuff in the world go away. No. The whole point of following Jesus is to be different. Mm-hmm. It is to have the peace that anchors the soul. Yes. And so to speak, you know, you, you cannot, the world is always going to be dark. It doesn't make right. the world look different. It's the spirit of the world. Mm-hmm. It's It's there. What makes a believer so authentically gripping to a lost person mm-hmm. is that it's like, wow, you've gone through all of this and you still proclaim Jesus. It's like, did our life get any better because we got saved? Well, or- it got much more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you can laugh yeah. about it yeah. with joy yeah. in your heart. That's that's it. It's the Galatians 5 and 23. It's the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Yes. And if you go back right before, so for the listeners, if you if you would go read Galatians 5, 23, and I know it, it should sound familiar to a lot of people. I hope that it does. But just back up a few sentences before that, and that's exactly what Britt was just sharing. It's like, look, here's the world. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you want or if that's what you're currently in and experiencing and you want to stay there, well, that's on you. Yes. Um, you've got to own it at the end of the day. You've got to come. Like what yep. you said, when I came to the end of myself, yep. you tried, tried everything. everything in your own efforts. Least mm-hmm. We could boast on our own, right? No. It's a gift. It is an absolute gift. And, and you have to get to the point where you're ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it'll happen. And that's just powerful. That's it makes stuff. me think of Romans one sixteen, where it's like, uh, it's the power of God at work saving all yes, those who believe. Yes, that woos. The, the yeah. Pool. Yeah, you don't save yourself, right? No. I, well, I almost mentioned that earlier when you, but I didn't want to stop you. You're a really good point. And I'm like, oh, it was when you were uh, you were sitting there and, and you heard that voice. Talk. 
get up, get dressed, Mm -hmm. get your butt to church, girl, right? Maybe like that. But you just knew in your spirit it was a pulling and a wooing so strong you couldn't ignore it. And that's why I'm so thankful for church, too, is because God has given us an opportunity in the building to gather together for things such as that. Yes. That authentic encounter that we need at the altar. Because mm-hmm. he didn't tell me to go to Walmart. He didn't tell me to go to the jail. He didn't tell me to go to a hospital. He said, go to the church. Mm-hmm. Because that's he wanted me to have that encounter. And I think that that is so beautiful. Because the reason I brought that up is just because for people who were in a place like me and Quentin, we hated the church. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't stand it because we thought there's no way we could ever be like that. We've only we've only had bad circumstance after bad circumstance. We're not good enough for that place. But I mean, that's well, it's so important to us to strip all of that away and and make the place the church. Message of hope yeah. is uh, here. What I'm hearing you say in that is, uh, and that's powerful. I think that's the biggest difference with with coming to Christ. <laughs> The trials and tribulations are still there. Sure. But now you have a God that will mm-hmm. deliver you out of them all, mm-hmm. just like Paul says. Help you navigate those waters. And man, that, that yeah. just assurance and comfort, right? He's mm-hmm. our, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Yes. That comfort is what will help you uh, through life and into eternal life because. You know, going through trials and tribulations without God is just—it's just devastating. It is. What are you gonna do? You can't recover. You can only move on. Mm-hmm. But there's no to a different recovery. vice. Or yes. Or there's no recovery. Yeah, so good. God delivers us, and and that's just mm-hmm. something that the world does not have. Guys, well, I, I appreciate your hearts and sharing. I, yeah. I know it's not always the easiest thing to just open up and share all your dirt, right? Yeah. Um, but there's power in a testimony. That's it, man. And uh, mm-hmm. we're so grateful that you, both of you chose to come on the podcast today and just share with us mm-hmm. and our listening audience. And I hope that, and I know that it will be an encouragement to so many that tune in yeah. uh, to this, that maybe they can take a look at their own life and where they're at, whether they're already saved. Yeah. Um, maybe they're, they're ready to recommit their life to Jesus 110%, like all in, uh, or whether they're really struggling with some really dark areas in their life and, and maybe found themselves in a situation like you were, Brett, where it's, I'm ready to just end it all, you know? And, and, uh, yeah. so that's, I think we'll wrap this up for now. And then, uh, guys, I want you to stay tuned because, uh, we're going to have part two of this podcast and we're going to get into, uh, a miraculous supernatural event. Not that this wasn't because there's <laughs> yeah. a whole lot of that yeah. in yeah. this story, but the story continues. So guys, we appreciate your time and attention and, and uh, our love and prayers go out to every one of you. So till next time. You said I do.